You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Episode 81. 81 already. That's crazy. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Like uh, the intro said, you're listening to the best podcast in the peace region. You, you should have just gone over it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Again. Like the intro said, <laughs> you're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast. But uh, yeah, my name is Andrew and with me as always is Corland. Hello, hello. And Cameron's missing again. yet again. It's okay. He had to go somewhere for a doctor's appointment or something like that. I don't know. All the excuses. It's hard to keep track of all the excuses. It is. So. <laughs> But uh, (laughs) this is uh, episode 81, and um, if you're new to the podcast, like the intro said, this is the new (laughs) All right, right. now now you're just beating a dead horse. (laughs) But uh, we like to talk about uh, theology and the Bible and uh, answer questions that people have. So we have two questions that we're going to answer today, Uh, and so we'll just dive right in. So uh, I, I like what this person said. Uh, this is from an email. Hey, Andrew. Disclaimer, not a super fan by Aww. definition, which I'm like, okay, honesty. It's good. Uh, but I enjoy the perspective you guys at the MB Church have on many topics. Um, and I have a question that's arisen through my devotions. In many places in Scripture, it says those who admit that Christ is the Son of God have the Father. Those who know the Son know the Father. Whoever denies Jesus denies the Father, etc. But then there are passages that express demon-possessed people proclaiming Christ, all that to ask, what do demons and Satan believe according to Christ being the Son of God? As far as my understanding is, they know God, and I assume believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so demons would not deny the Son, but deny his authority. Can you speak on this or just email me your thoughts? So we're going to speak on this. So to sum up, the question is essentially, yeah, the Bible tells us, okay, if you... Uh, well, how did this person word it? If you admit that Jesus is the son of God, which we'll get into that because words matter. Um, it's not just admitting, but if you admit that Jesus is the son of God, you know, you know, the father, if you see Jesus, you see the father. And then it's like, well, there's examples in scripture where, where demons are saying that Jesus, you are the son of God. So are they believers? Like what, how do you like, Yeah. yeah. In what ways do Satan and demons believe that jesus is the son of god and is that save them or so it's a really good question because i could see how that would be confusing You're yeah like... absolutely so anyways there's a few examples like this person gave so like in matthew 8 um for instance jesus comes to uh heal to he comes to the um gadarenes this country and two demon possessed men come out from the tombs if you remember the story and they're so fierce that no one they're like crazy and it says behold they cried out what have you to do with us O son of god have you come here to torment us before the time so these two demon possessed men are saying like jesus is the son of god yeah and you're like well that's wild because hardly any normal people called him that, him as that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the example that this person gave to was in acts 16 Verse 16, if you remember, Paul is and and um, Silas are walking around and there's a slave girl who has a demon and she follows Paul crying out. These men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. So this demon in this girl says, hey, these guys are proclaiming salvation. They're servants of the most high God. And you're like, huh? 
well, that seems very respectful. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one I thought of too was in Acts 19 when um, it says that uh, there were some Jewish um, exorcists who tried to use the name of Jesus to cast out evil spirits. And then it says that there, uh, uh, an evil spirit answered these guys who were just trying to use Jesus' name. Like, yeah. oh yeah, uh, we cast you on the name of Jesus. Uh, they say, Jesus I know. And Paul, I recognize, but who are you? So like, okay, these demons know Jesus. Yeah. So I don't know. What? How would you make sense of that? What do you? Well, even even James two nineteen says, "You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder." Right. So yeah, there's there's lots of scripture that suggests that the demons know who God is, know who Jesus is. Um, I think the first place that my mind goes is, um, although they are spiritual beings they are not the creator meaning they have to have been created as well right so they Mm -hmm. they would know factually that they had been made right Mm -hmm. they would know their their origin similar to what we do as as christians right um i think that scripture shows a spiritual rebellion though Mm -hmm. right um and so Again, kind of like within the human heart, we can know factually who God is. We can know those things, but it doesn't mean that we're mm-hmm. we're saved, right? Yeah, that that'd be the first place that my mind goes if I was going to give like a really quick response. Yeah, and like even the way this person worded their email, like in in many places in Scripture, it says that those who admit that Jesus is the Son of God, mm. and that's actually and it, wording it, it is might important. yeah it might seem nitpicky but it's not it, it never says that you just have to admit that he it's that you confess that he's lord that's yeah. super important like yeah. so romans 10 uh paul's talking about salvation uh and he says in verse 10 or sorry uh chapter 10 verse 9 in romans if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so no um, no demon confesses that Jesus is Lord, meaning I'm surrendered to him and he's the Lord of my life yeah. and I'm serving him. Yeah. They, they admit, okay, yeah, like Jesus is the son of God. They yeah. know their place. If you want to say that, like they demons know that they are under God's authority still, even though they've rebelled against him. Yeah. They, it's not like, again, sometimes people view like um, God and Satan as equals, and we're kind of hoping that God wins in the end. Yeah, yeah. And I like that you brought up, no, Satan is a created being. Yeah. Um, and so are demons. And Satan knows his place, right? Yeah. He knows that he is uh, accountable to God. He, know that he yeah. knows that God has authority over him. That doesn't mean that he serves him and loves him. Yeah. He just knows his place, right? Yeah. So there's a difference between like, I acknowledge, sure, I can like say, yep, you know, logically, sure, Jesus is the son of God. There's a difference between that and me going, okay, Jesus is my Lord. Yeah. Right? Because even there's people in the world that are like, yeah, I think that uh, I believe in God. Um, I, I even believe that Jesus existed. Well, they're not saved. That's yeah. not enough to save you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's where I would kind of land on this, um, that w- when you have passages where demons are saying these things that you go, wow, that almost sounds like a confession of faith it's not they're just acknowledging that jesus has authority that he is the king of the universe but it's it's not like demons are saying and i love and serve him and i yeah. honor him it's like no yeah. we just know our place yeah yeah I, I i actually do think um 
there's two other things that I'd, I'd want to mention is one, the, the other, uh, fact that scripture shows us is that the story of salvation is not for the other spiritual beings. It's mm-hmm. for humanity. Mm-hmm. Right. So to, it, it's not actually even within the realm of possibility that a demon would come to a confession of faith and then be saved by it. That, that isn't a possibility, Right. Uh, it's it's reserved only for us as humans, as the image bearers on earth um, of of God. That is who salvation is for. So demons are, even if they knew who God was, knew who Jesus is, know what he did, they are unable to be saved by that uh, through faith as we are. Yep. Um, and then the other thing, I, th- I think this is a, uh, maybe it's a r- tangent or a rabbit trail. I think that the, one of the reasons I think we struggle with this is that the way our English Bibles translate whenever Satan is present is as though it is a name, mm-hmm. um, like a, an individual demonic spirit's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually not, it's a title. Right. Um, yeah. dis- it, it, or even, even almost more so a job description of a spiritual mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we, we end up giving a lot of, credit where credit is not due to these beings simply because we look at the name Satan throughout scripture and we're like, this guy's really bad. And it's like, well, it's not, it's not necessarily just one guy there. It's a, it's a title describing a a position of something that happens in God's created order that he allows. Right. So again, it's, I think that when we give it a name, it, it, in our human minds, it kind of elevates that, being in some aspect right whereas as soon as you look at it as a as a role as a title as something that god allows it and at least in my brain the way it works immediately puts god above that right Mm -hmm. so then it it doesn't i feel like it doesn't conflict as much in my brain but so what you're i want to make sure people aren't confused what you're not saying is that oh yeah satan doesn't exist there's just a bunch of demons that could be called satan because I think scripturally yes. there is one that's called the accuser. Yes. Right. Even in yes. Revelation, the ancient serpent. So you're not yep. saying that like, oh yeah, Satan doesn't really exist. That is correct. But I get what you're saying. The Hebrew word literally just means the accuser. It's yes. not a title. It's not like Andrew. It's not Cortland. Yeah. 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 I just want to make sure. <laughs> yes. That's that's a good clarification. So, yeah. yeah. No. So I think too, even uh, the fact that you brought up that, you know, angels, well, salvation wasn't for spiritual beings right even yeah. in second peter 2 it says that god didn't spare the angels when they sinned it's not like jesus said i'm going to the cross to save offer salvation to you demons no they're not offered salvation they're immediately cast out right yeah so and the other thing that i thought too that might help uh, in this this idea of like well but they say that jesus is the son of god so that doesn't save them um, because Philippians 2 even says, um, uh, speaking of Jesus, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You could read that and go, well, it sounds like everyone's going to be saved in the end. They're all bowing the knee yeah. and they're all saying, yeah, Jesus is Lord. But that's not the case. Um, some will bow the knee in defeat going like, and that would be include demons who go, yeah, like almost like crap. Yeah. Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And I, 
I rebelled against that, yep. and I'm now bending the knee as a defeated enemy of in God. In submission. In submission. And others will gladly bend the knee and say, yes, Jesus is Lord, and he's been Lord my entire life, and it's this, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a phenomenal question. Um, a couple of good resources if you're looking for some, even just as like... Um, uh, uh, maybe a, a gateway is a weird word to use, but kind of a gateway <laughs> it's a gateway the, drug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a gateway into the conversation or the topic. Um, the Bible project has a, a video series on spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty interesting. And then if you're, if you like like scholarly tough to slug through work mm-hmm. that goes quite in depth, uh, in scripture and, and stuff like that, Michael Heiser, Dr. Michael Heiser has some good mm-hmm. resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it is one guy's opinion, so take it with a grain of salt. Totally. But yeah. but it, it is quite uh, fascinating work that he's put into trying to understand and and know this realm, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, great question. Hopefully, that was a great answer. Hopefully, we can turn this person into a super fan. Yeah, <laughs> super fan. Time. All right. Question number two is. Uh, I think you sent this in. Yeah, I sent this in. So when studying the Bible, how do we know if we are just reading into things versus actually pulling from Scripture what the authors intended? Yeah, so this question came up. We were doing Young Adults, um, and we had, we're doing a Bible study right now, and we're, we're studying the book of Jonah. And if you haven't, the book of Jonah is an incredible book. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of things that act as like, callbacks to other places in scripture or they point forward to other places in scripture that hadn't happened yet um and so in this course we were going through and there's uh the the person teaching the course was just pointing out some of these things and laying them out so that we would have like a groundwork of understanding as to where like ancient jewish people would have their minds going when they were reading this book and and somebody did ask. They were like, how much of this do you think is just reading into something that maybe isn't even there, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're – so as an example, uh, if if you know the story more than just what you would as a passerby, Jonah flees towards Tarshish, and Tarshish is a place that is almost always in Scripture considered as a negative place because people go there to try and gain resources to build their own – with quotation marks, Edenic state, meaning they're trying to go back to the garden type thing. Mm-hmm. And it always ends up failing. Uh, so when when Jonah gets commissioned by God to go to Nineveh, he flees to Tarshish. And so the, the, the teacher was just drawing a connection to like, instead of, uh, instead of obeying God and, and following through with what God has asked him to do, he flees. And where does he flee? It's like there's an artistic connection, but a real like a a real event, but an artistic connection to the fact that he was fleeing to his own quote unquote Eden. Right. So there's stuff like that, that, that then as 22nd, 21st, 21st century Christians, (laughs) I always get them confused. Um, (laughs) where, yeah. Where do we go with that? Do we Mm -hmm. like, is that just reading into it? Is that putting things there that the author would have never intended and had no idea about? So like, yeah, it's a legitimate question as we, read the Bible and look for, for interesting literary design patterns. What is legitimate versus what is us just looking at something and saying, that's what it is. Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, I can see where this person's coming from that, uh, you know, are we just like 
going down a rabbit hole that's kind of distracting from the main point of yeah what we're trying to see here. Yep. Like I get that. That's a that's a good question. Uh, and I think yeah, there are times when it's like yeah, and I've seen it before where pastors or preachers are reading a text and then they're connecting these things and I'm like yeah, I don't think that's what this is about at all. Like, yeah. So I'll give you one example that's really obvious. It should be obvious to everyone. But in John 21, and I think I may have used this example before, in John 21, as you know, Jesus is resurrected and he sees his disciples fishing and, and they, um, uh, bring the haul in and then John says in verse 11 Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish 153 of them and although there were so many the net was not torn and so this is a really dumb example because it's so obvious but the pastor was like look why would John put in that many fish 153 there and there has to be a reason a deeper meaning behind yeah this it can't just be a number and then he connected the dots this is a few years ago um you know, Canada is turning 153 years old this year. Yeah. And it was kind of like, whoa. And look, the, there, there were so many fish that the nets weren't torn. And that's evangelism and people coming to know Jesus. And he was connecting all these dots that I, that I was like, yeah, okay. That's, that's, that one seems fairly obvious. Yeah. Cause why is, why does John say that there was 153 of them? Because there was 153 of them. Yeah. Like there's no hidden meaning. Yeah. Right. So those ones seem very fairly obvious where you're like, okay, this, this guy is, he's pulling at something that's not there. Like that is so silly. But then there's other ones that you go, you know, you even brought one up. I remember that I was kind of like, yeah, I was actually thinking um, of bringing that Well, up. you brought up a couple. Remember it was the Jonah one when you're like, oh yeah. And then Peter is named Simon Bar Jonah. Yeah. Is there a connection between like. Peter and Jonah and I'm like maybe it yeah. could it could be or that could just be his name like yeah but something like that where yeah. you where you go maybe there is a a, a connection cuz Peter's name is Simon son of Jonah and he you know uh yeah anyways you can draw lots of parallels which yeah. you go okay is is that what the author's meant or uh, if you have multiple people named the same name in scripture, is there a connection or is that just their name? Yeah. So there's one example where yep. you go. Yep. It's a good example. Uh, the other one that um, was interesting was in first Corinthians. Is that the one you thought of first Corinthians 11 nope. where the one guy was like, well, I actually think that head covering means testicle. No, that's actually not, but that is a good. A and good one he said like, up. because certain Hebrew words and we're not going to go down the rabbit hole with this, but he basically said, Paul was saying like cover your genitals. Yeah. Not cover your head. Yeah. Because this one word could mean that and and we were reading some papers on it and it was kind of like wow, that's going down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. yeah. So, how do you discern like is that actually what it means or or are we like looking way into this? I I heard someone who does a lot of work in this area put it this way and essentially he's like a really great tool to to discern this is the probability of it hmm. as in if you are sharing this like if you're just in your own head and you're like wow all of these dots connect and i can't believe it and this means that and that and that fine and dandy tell it to someone yeah if they don't see it and they don't believe it and you tell it to 5 10 15 other people and no one else sees it it's probably yeah, not that's a actually really... a good connection yep. to be making it might not be that you're 
like, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. I wouldn't want to encourage you to be like, you're the only one who's right. Not what I'm saying. It's not impossible that, that <laughs> sure. God is allowing you to make a connection that might be significant to you. Yeah. Uh, so an example of this would be, I brought one to Andrew a while ago. This was a long while ago around, uh, when the disciples are in the boat and Jesus isn't, and they see Jesus and he like calls Peter out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Peter steps out of the boat and he walks by faith and then he fails and he gets, he starts drowning. Jesus saves him and brings him back into the boat. And my brain was like, it's just like how when I walked away from God and then I fell into sin and then Jesus saved me and where did he bring me right back to the church? It's like, okay, fair, but I don't think that's what scripture is actually telling us here. Sure. Yeah. Right. So it's not impossible that there's something like that, that God is allowing you to see and and is, is, uh, significant, but it's maybe not an actual literary connection. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so probability, if you're looking at things in scripture and you're like, man, this is wild. These things here seem to mirror this over here mm-hmm. and you present that to multiple people and multiple people can see it and say, oh yeah, I could, I can see that. That's interesting. And, and you're not, they should never take away from the meaning of scripture. If anything, they should just bring more clarity or more background to yeah. the things that are there. Then I, then I think it's a, a fair thing to say that you may have found a connection that the biblical authors yeah. were making, right? Yeah. So here's another example. I heard a pastor uh, a while ago. He was saying, you know, there's two, there's two words for word in Greek, uh, logos and rhema. And he's right. Those two words are words for word. Yeah. And, but his whole point was like this, like, whoa, check this out. And he was like, uh, I can't remember the text, but where, where, um, where Jesus is teaching the crowds and he's, it says uh, essentially, um, he's teaching them the word or whatever. I'm, I'm butchering it, but, yeah. and that word is logos. But then he like teaches Peter the, you know, he uses words with Peter, but that's Rhema. And his whole thing was like, whoa, guys, check this out. Logos is like the intellectual word, the Bible. Like when we read the Bible, we're reading the Logos, but Rhema is like a secret hidden word that only yeah. God gives you. And then, he, so he used that example from scripture. See, Jesus was giving the crowds just like the, word. the intellectual word, but he gave Peter this hidden word. So, so you could look at that and go, wow, that guy has like crazy insight. Yeah. But if you do like a really simple word study, um, Rhema and Logos are used interchangeably throughout the Bible. Yep. They mean the same thing. Yep. And the reason we know that is that in Ephesians 6, when it talks about the uh, the armor of God and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you would assume Rhema. that's Logos. Oh, you, because uh, the word of God is the Bible. We would assume that the word yep. for word, that, but it's not, it's Rhema. So you go, okay, they're used interchangeably. So there's an example of someone going, guys, check this out. And you go, "Mm," and you do a little digging and you go, actually, I don't, I think you're off there. So I like that you said like the scripture is meant to be read in community. Yeah. So you're not meant to just sit by yourself in a room having all these amazing epiphanies that you're meant to go to people and go, okay, I'm seeing this. Are you guys seeing this? Yeah. And again, they might not. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. Yeah. But it's really healthy to go, okay, is anyone else getting this? Like, or am I out to lunch? Yeah. Here? And and again, it, it is. So like with the example of Peter and getting brought back into the boat, 
I do think that God allowed me to see that in the sense of being like, yeah, I did bring mm-hmm. you back into the church, into a community of believers that could help you and support you into a uh, quote unquote safe environment mm-hmm. for you to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that, like I said, I don't think because of me bouncing it off of other Christians, I was able to see, oh, yeah, that's not what Scripture is actually saying there. Yes. Because when I first saw it, I was like, this is what the Bible is showing us. And it's like, uh, I don't think so, actually. Yeah. Right. And so it's really, really healthy to have other Christians who maybe aren't even like minded to bounce things off mm-hmm. of because they will pick apart the weak parts in your theology. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, and I don't say that to say that you and I are, are entirely different, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's a really healthy thing to do. And then the other thing is, is look for biblical scholars who have worked on those things. Yeah. If you cannot find any scholars at all, you just find like Tony from the internet, <laughs> then it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe take it with a lot of salt, not just a grain. Cause like. Uh, Oft, oftentimes if it like scholars get to bounce their ideas off of other scholars all mm-hmm, the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's that picture again. So there's a little bit of a safety net there then if yeah. you find other scholars who have done work on that already. So, yeah, this is why I'm always really hesitant when it's like just w- only one person has like, this is actually what this means and everyone else is wrong. I'm always like, uh, maybe, but I'm always cautious with that because it's like, okay, if out of 200 scholars, 199 are saying, no, that's what the text means. And one guy's like, no, you're all wrong. It means testicles or whatever. It's yep. like, well, yeah. it, it's it, not a, it's not a like, don't listen to him. It's just, I always just go with caution going, okay, there's a lot of smart people who all agree so I'll give you an example, right? Brian Simmons wrote the Passion Translation. Yeah. Here's one guy who's like, uh, you know, Jesus gave me super secret knowledge and I translated the Bible and uh, it's one guy. And I go, yeah. And then when you have multiple scholars going, this is the worst translation of the Bible we've ever seen. Then you, you could either say, well, they're all wrong and Brian's right and the Passion Translation is the best translation. Or you could go, wow, literally hundreds of scholars are going, this is the worst yeah. translation I've ever read. This is not even the Bible. Yeah, You should go, mm, that's probably a red flag. The fact yeah. that you know Bible Gateway doesn't even have it on their internet anymore because they go, this is not a Bible. Yeah. Right? So there's one example of yeah. just to have caution. And again, like, don't write them off right at the beginning. Okay, let's study it. Let's look at what this guy's saying. Yeah. And then you go, Ugh. Yeah, caution is a really good word that you used yep. earlier because it's not uh, – oh, man, the word slipped my mind that I was going to use. But you're not approaching it as like I'm going to disprove this. It's, sure. It's an idea of like, okay, well, this doesn't seem quite right. I'm going to mm-hmm. look into this uh, using caution and not just believe every single word. Another, yeah. another great tool is um, I – maybe it will sound harsh, but common sense. Um, <laughs> so don't be an idiot. <laughs> well, well, there are certain things that are, are that can be key giveaways um, and sure. people's presentation that would be like, I don't know about this. Right. So an example of this with Brian Simmons is he would say that Jesus came to him in a dream, touched him on the forehead and gave him divine insight into the ancient Aramaic of the Bible the Old Testament only has two books that are written with any Aramaic in them. 
Yeah. And yep. he hasn't translated those yet. <laughs> so just factually speaking, when you look at some of those claims, then it's like, okay, so like oh, you, yeah. there's something off here, right? Yeah, totally. Again, a, that would be approaching it with caution, right? You're looking at some of the facts. You're looking at whether or not it is a credible claim that he's making. And if some of those things aren't true, then I would consider it with even more caution as yeah. you go in because uh, on a base claim like that, if you can't be accurate, then who's to say your translation yeah. is right. So then even when you're looking at biblical ideas or like uh, concepts that you see through literary design and scripture, mm-hmm. make sure that it is presented well and, yeah. and not just through, I don't know, make sure they're not vipers trying to, trying to get you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I I do think there are times when and you and me have had conversations like that where yeah you see something that you never saw before and it's very exciting, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah. But I've I've even had it like when we talked about John, eleven and you know Jesus weeps and you know he's troubled. It yeah. Li- it literally means that he's like shaking with anger. Yeah. And that changes how you view things. But I've I've had people when it's like when you present things like that, it's like well, then the Bible's wrong. Why would they translate it like that? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I get it. I remember years ago, there was a sermon about um, heaven and the whole idea of like, the goal of Christianity is not that we go to heaven when we die, right? The goal is that heaven comes down to earth and we live in the new heavens and the new earth. And yeah. immediately right after that sermon, someone came to me, so you don't believe in heaven? And I was like, that's not, but I get it because yeah. if it goes against not goes against, but if it kind of is different than what you've, I've been raised to believe that I'll fly away. Oh glory. And I'll just float up to heaven and I play a harp on a cloud. And that's not what the Bible teaches. I get it. That it's like, Whoa, no, 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 no. It can't be that. So there's things in the Bible that are super exciting when you start to put the pieces together. Yeah. But that's why, yeah, the community is so important. Um, yeah. And yeah, all the things and, you said. And then I, the other thing that I would like to say too is, is when you find patterns or when you see things in scripture that you're like, wait, that looks kind of like a mirror. That doesn't mean that it's completely and utterly important. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. as an example, the, the Peter being son of Jonah. Sure. First off, it's not the same Jonah as yes, what right. is the book of Jonah. Because that would be impossible. That, yeah, that's, that's not possible. Yeah. So there you go right away. There's a disconnect. But then when you look at the story of Jonah and how he says he fears the Lord, but he's walking in complete disobedience to him. And then he repents in the fish and then he goes to Nineveh and then he's still angry at God for saving Nineveh, doing the very thing he said he would, right? So we look at Jonah saying that he believes in God but he does the exact opposite. And then you look at Peter mm-hmm. and he says, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. And he's like, ah, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. It's like, yeah, that's an interesting parallel. Yep. Are they connected? No. Right. No. In the sense of like, no, Peter is not the son of Jonah yeah. from that story. He is son of Jonah, which maybe should clue us into like, oh, that's kind of an interesting yeah. connection. Yep. But I think that that's about where you should leave it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Is it's like, oh, that's an interesting parallel. Okay. Yeah. It right? doesn't change my theology about no, Jesus. No, no, of course not. Yep. So so there are certain things like that that don't, they, they very well could be a connection. They very well could be something interesting that you're like, whoa, what? But they don't matter in the sense of like, like, 
yeah, sure. Maybe it helps build some of the background of scripture, mm. but it doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Totally. Yep. All right. I'll leave it there then instead yeah. of trying to. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there we go. Boom. That was easy. Yeah. No problem. So uh, this has been episode 81. And uh, hopefully that answers uh, your questions that you've had. And like we always say, if you do have other questions, please let us know. We would love to. We're not experts by any means, but we would love to have a crack at answering them and provide some perspective. So you can always email us or message us or whatever. And we'll keep keep going. Keep this thing going. So this has been episode 81 and we will talk to you next week.